More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome into the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show We are now joined by the Surgeon General of the state of Florida, Dr. Joseph Latipo. Doctor, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So Florida, this was the story just a couple of days ago, will be the first state to officially recommend against the COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children. Dr. Latipo, tell us why, how you came to this conclusion and what you've seen in response from the medical community. Yeah, you know, this is one that um, all of our grandmothers can understand. I mean, it's very simple. We're faced in, in reaction as we've been, you know, basically tantrums and people um, just kind of unhappy with what we said, but not putting much thought into the reason why we said it. I mean, it's very simple. You know, you have, um, we have a country where we almost, most healthy children, have already had COVID-19, they have immunity. There's no data that says that these kids benefit from the vaccines. So you have a population that's already low risk. They're even, I mean, they're stupendously low risk if they've already had COVID-19. So you're, you're basically committing them to risk with no evidence of benefit. And for what? For, and for what reason? Because everyone's got to get the shot. No, thanks. You know, that's not that's not how you make good decisions. You think about, you know, the people that you're that your decisions affect. Dr. Latipo, this is Clay Travis. Appreciate you joining us uh, and the work that you're doing as Surgeon General down in Florida. So I've got a 14 year old and 11 year old and a seven year old. I looked at all the data. I think they probably have had covid since my wife and I have both had it. Uh, but the data doesn't reflect that that they should get it based on what I have done, my own research and based on the doctors that I've talked to. I believe you have children yeah. as well. One of the reasons why I like to not only get the opinion of officials in their official capacity, you're also a parent. I'm assuming you're making the same choice for your kids as you would be <laughs> advising other people. Uh, I think that's significant because a lot of people don't trust you unless you say, hey, I've got kids too, and I'm telling them to do the same thing because there is 
an innate understanding that every parent out there is looking out for their kids the best. So I'm curious, uh, right. I, I believe you have young kids as well. What are you doing yeah. with those kids and, and, and how would you consider this not only as a doctor, but also as a parent? Oh yeah. Well, Hey, we're, we're in a similar club. Your kids are a little older. I've got three wonderful boys, eight, five, and three years old. For all the money in the world, I would never give them one of these vaccines. I mean, I think it's even, it's just silly. I mean, I'm sure they've had it. My kids have been out and about since the beginning of the pandemic in the spring of 2020. And, you know, and while, you know, limited benefit or no benefit, basically unknown benefit is, is one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is the risk. And people like to pretend like we know everything there is to know. That's a flat lie. We will continue to learn things about the safety of these vaccines, just as we have over the past several months. And, you know, I, unfortunately, so many scientists and doctors are pretending that what's happening really is that they've decided their position and their position is that every kid should get this. And then they just sort of pick and choose which, you know, which data points they want to use to support that. And it's completely ridiculous, you know. So all the money in the world, I'd never, I would never give some new product to my kids, particularly when they're incredibly low risk and almost certainly wouldn't benefit. Well, I appreciate you telling us that. And I'm curious, I know that you were at UCLA when all of this began. I believe so, based on what I've been reading. And that the way that California was shutting down was very frustrating to you and your wife in terms of having those three young boys and wanting them to be able to be out and about running around. They got a lot of energy, as anybody who's had three young kids knows. What has your experience been, not only as a doctor, but just as a parent moving from California to now live in Florida? Oh, it's been true. I mean, it's been fantastic. You know, we had our, you know, the school shut down in LA. And so we had our kids home. We did the best we could with the, uh, remote learning, which was, you know, really it hurt the, it hurt the poor kids the most. So it hurt the black kids and, and kids who were Hispanic and, and they did it willfully, you know, and they, they kept the schools shut. We did the best we could for our kids. When the next school year started and they said, okay, the kids can come back, but we're going to test you, you know, twice a week and force you to wear a mask. My wife and I were like, not in this, you know, not in this universe. So we, we didn't, we didn't re-enroll re them. And, um, you know, fortunately, we were just starting with kind of a homeschool with some like-minded parents. And uh, fortunately, that's when, that's when I got the call from the governor's office. So, um, so, you know, it's been great here. They go to school. They have fun. They get to be kids. They're not worried about something they don't need to be worried about. Um, and they're happy, friends, you know, sports. Um, how kids should be, not this ridiculous, you know, sort of prison system school, you know, testing mask and stay away from other kids that, you know, that, that some people in the country are trying to normalize. We're speaking to Dr. Joseph Latipo, the Surgeon General of the state of Florida. Dr. Latipo, you guys did not have a mask mandate in schools uh, over the last year or so, um, or certainly this this past school year, I should say. Uh what can you tell us in terms of the data on this? Because this is still, I just saw another study, I think it was yesterday, that's in preprint, that's claiming that masks reduce cases something like 75%. Then when you actually look at the study, it's, well, it didn't reduce cases, but it, they, they said it, based on modeling, reduced secondary cases, which 
how they get that. Well, it's a computer model. You can't question it. What data do you have to answer the question definitively whether mask mandates in schools are an effective protective measure or not? Well, basically, there's none. So, you know, in terms of the highest quality evidence we have about mask use, you look at the randomized clinical trials and even the ones that have been done during the pandemic. And basically, they either find no benefit or a very small benefit. And none of the randomized clinical trials that have been done during the pandemic have found any benefit, zero, nothing in young people. So it's 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 um it's just it's really a belief system in terms of the um, the mask mandates in schools, and I'll tell you I mean one of the studies that the CDC touted as supporting it basically was taken down by the Atlantic, which you know is a left leaning um, is a left leaning outlet. Just so many holes in the study, so many data errors, methodological errors statements that were essentially false in the in the study, poor control groups. I mean, it's it really is sort of this, I don't know, it's like this uh, crusade, and it's just not founded in data. We're talking to Dr. Joseph Latipo. He's the Surgeon General of the state of Florida. I'm curious medically, not, not your just opinion as a, as a logical human being, but medically, State of the Union address... Joe Biden and virtually every member of Congress, senator, congressman, almost none of them are wearing masks. And yet the Biden administration came out yesterday and told us we have at least 30 more days of needing to wear masks on airplanes and in airports. Is there any medical basis at all to explain why it's safe for everyone to not have masks at the State of the Union, but it's unsafe for us to be not wearing masks on airplanes? <laughs> well, let's just say you can add it to the long list of things that make no sense, but uh, public health leaders and political leaders have insisted needed to be done. You know, whether it's like you sit down and you eat, you can take your mask off, but you walk to the restaurant, walk to the, uh, the bathroom in the restaurant, and you put it back on. I mean, it's just a lot of nonsense. And, you know, a lot of Americans, I think, have, are, are, have woken up to that. And I just I hope everyone does. I mean, this is it's just been a complete sham. These um, uh, measures that have been taken without really any substantial basis and evidence. And people have had two years, you know, I mean, roll out the good evidence if you've got it. If not, please stop advocating for these, you know, these burdensome policies. Dr. Latipo, do you have a lot of physicians that you know personally or, or just, you know, through the professional uh, professional world that come to you and say, I've kind of known all along that this Fauciite madness was anti-scientific crap, but I was too scared to say anything. I thought they'd come after my license. I mean, are you coming across a lot of doctors who are saying now I was wrong? I should have agreed with you. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, within the medical community, some of us have been wondering why there are so few doctors who are willing to speak out about what is so plainly obvious now and has been for a long time. Yeah, it's a, it's a good old... Uh... Uh, cancellation theater you know docs you know if you're not independently wealthy you depend on your medical practice to um, you know to provide an income from your family well when CNN and NBC and CBS and and the uh, dean of your you know medical school and whatever other health leaders are saying like you know you got to wear the mask and you got to do this and you got to do that 
um, even when the evidence doesn't support it, you know, people want to, people want to, uh, want to be able to put food on the table, pay for the mortgage and, you know, and, uh, avoid the, you know, being called mean names by journalists. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the main, that's the main reason, um, you know, for, for me, it was not enough. I mean, it just, so many things were so wrong and the stakes were so high. And I, I go back to the kids and these, these uh, lockdowns and keeping them out of school. I mean, that's going to reverberate for decades. And we knew that was no mystery. I mean, what do you expect? This is, that's what happens when you cut people, children off from a, a, a critical part of their development and their safety and their security. Um, so I think, you know, the cancellation theater is, is, uh, has been quite powerful in silencing doctors who, who know that the things that we're doing don't make sense. It's interesting, Dr. Latipo, and we appreciate the time you're giving us. We know how busy you are. You laughed when I asked the question about the State of the Union, nobody wears masks, and then bringing it back for airplanes. It is so ridiculous, I think, to the vast majority of people who are listening to us right now, millions of people all over the country. But how do we end the mask mandate, right? Because Buck and Mind's concern, and I'm sure this is something you worry about too, is even the places that are dialing back use of masks now are saying that they're able to do it, but they could bring them back. Remember, they took them away from us and said, you don't have to wear masks in May of last yeah. year. And then they brought him back throughout the rest of the summer and the fall. How do we end this once and for all? You know, that's the thing that's on my mind. I think that's something that's on Governor DeSantis's mind also. And my hope is that we can provide enough education to people so that they just stop participating in this silly, these silly, silly games. It's, it's, it's completely ridiculous. It's ludicrous. You know, and um, I just, you know, if we don't participate, there's there's nothing that can be done. And that's what should happen because the evidence just isn't there. Dr. Joseph Latipo, Secretary, uh, Surgeon General, pardon me, Surgeon General for the state of Florida. Sir, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Guys. Online identity thieves are the men and women hiding behind keyboards that find a way to steal your online data. The good ones are brilliant at stealing large company databases that contain your information. Enough information they can open their own accounts in your name using your credit to make money off of it. Many of them work offshore in another country and are beyond the arm of the law's reach. It makes you the one responsible for protecting, for protecting your own online identity. But you can do that with LifeLock, the leaders in online identity theft protection. Once you sign up with them, LifeLock systems immediately go to work scanning the internet for any evidence that your information is being used illegally. And they don't do that just once. They do it 24-7. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. When they see it happening, they're in touch with you so that you can confirm there's a problem or not. If there is, you have access to LifeLock restoration specialists who will help you fix the problem. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go online to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK for up to 25% off. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A couple of different stories to hit here for you as we get ready for Alex Berenson. First of all, how good was Dr. Joseph Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida, just talking with us? If you're for some reason just getting in your car and you missed that discussion, encourage you, this is why you need to be subscribed to the podcast so you can go seek out and get real information that, frankly, not going to be shared with you by a lot of people in the media. They're not even going to let you listen to the Surgeon General of Florida for 15 minutes at a time. They're going to clip it. They're going to alter uh, what he's saying. They're going to say you can't trust him. Uh, but I always think it's one thing when you're a doctor. Yes, brilliant uh, Harvard uh, doctor. But he's also a dad. And, Buck, to me, what jumped out is he's got an 8-year-old, he's got a 5-year-old, and he's got a 3-year-old, and he's not getting them vaccinated, and vaccinated in quotation marks, not getting them the COVID shot. Uh, and whatever you do with your own kids tells me way more than it does what your actual medical opinion might be. That is really significant because I'm sure that he's like me, cares more about his boys than he does anything in the world, and what choices you make with your own family tells me more than what you might say professionally. I was also having a, an exchange on Twitter, uh, Clay, earlier today with our friend Carol Markowitz, the New York Post. We're just going back and forth about how the history of breakthroughs in infectious disease, if you look at the last 150 years or so, time and again, there is an arrogant medical so-called consensus of the smartest and the best people who are all saying, do this, do this, do this. It doesn't work, but they keep saying, do this. 
And then someone comes along and says, well, the evidence is as follows. A great example of that is Dr. Joseph Lister, the Scottish surgeon, who came along and had to explain to everybody, you know, within the medical community, you know, having filthy uh, instruments, scalpels, other things covered in human blood, pus, etc., and never washing it and often using it one person to another person, another person is a really bad idea that's killing a lot of people. And this was about 1860s, 1870s is when this debate, this discussion was happening. You know, the London College of Surgeons and all the top. Oh, it makes no difference at all. The germ theory is absurd. We have seen this time and again. And really, one of the big tells, I think, from early on in the whole pandemic, Clay, was there was a whole mask panic during the Spanish influenza. There was a we all got to wear masks. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, folks, the mask didn't do anything then either. Yes. But there were people running around, you know, saying, if we only all masked up harder, we would all be safe. It became a hysteria napkin for the face. And this is not the first time we've been. If you know history, you know that when doctors say, shut up, this is the consensus. That's not when you listen. It's this is the data. Let me prove it to you. That's when you listen. And I think Dr. Joseph Latipo is one of those doctors who actually says, Let's look at the data. Not only that, uh, this is what the scientific method is supposed to be all about, is actually rigorously challenging everything as opposed to curling up in the fetal position and saying, no, just meekly submit and listen to us about everything. Speaking of challenging everything, we're going to be joined in the next segment by Alex Berenson, the Twitter band, Alex Berenson, who's got some alarming data, frankly, of what's coming out of England and other European countries right now. We're like the anti-Fauci lunacy resistance here, man. It's like we're all in a bunker of truth trying to spread it out as far as we can over the airwaves. All right, the value of your savings account, as you know, is under attack. Inflation this past month, 7.9%, and that's before we saw the rapid increase of gas prices this month. A volatile stock market is being affected by world events. These are events that are beyond your control, but what you can control is the long-term value of the dollars you've saved. The way you do that is by investing a portion of your savings in gold. Gold's been proven to hold value over time, especially in times like these. I rely on the Oxford Gold Group for my gold purchases and the research behind such a decision. They've made it easy to get real gold and silver delivered right to your door, or you could have real gold and silver into your retirement accounts. That's your IRA, your 401k. The Oxford Gold Group is the industry leader in precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today. Request your free precious metals investment guide by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and speaking the keywords gold IRA. You'll receive your precious metals investment guide directly to your phone. Simply dial pound 250 and say the keywords gold IRA. Thanks for rolling with us here on the Clay and Buck show. Talking a lot about COVID this hour because we want to make sure we stay focused on that, bring you the truth, and not do not allow the lockdowners, the Fauciites to just fade into the background now. We are joined now by the man who has been instrumental in bringing forward data, facts, and truth for two years now, Alex Berenson, author of Pandemia. Please subscribe to his Substack. I am a subscriber. Clay's a subscriber. We recommend you do the same. Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Buck. What are the most important things people need to hear right now about the situation of COVID, uh, the data? I mean, there's so much we can dive into, but I, I, Alex, honestly, I just want to give you the floor. What do people need to know about what's happening right now? 
Well, I mean, I, I think I think you said it. I mean, we've talked about this for a while, and it looks, uh, you know, it looks uh, like, uh, you know, it is even more true than it was a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Um, we're in a better place in terms of uh, the pandemic itself, in terms of infections, and uh, and you know, it, the spring is coming, and it, it's likely we're going to see a continued seasonal fall. Um, but in terms of the politics, I think it's really important to understand that the people who did this, the people who, you know, who, who forced lockdowns and who forced masks and who forced school closings, um, some of them just want this to go away, right? The politicians on the Democratic side probably just want this to go away. But the public health establishment has not conceded defeat. And they, they, want, um, they want to sort of set policies in place so that when the next pandemic comes or when COVID comes back, and I do believe, as I said to you before, that it's likely to come back, um, that, that the rules that, you know, that the rules that they established in the last couple of years will come back too. And so we need, we need to fight on a couple of levels. Those of us who are on, you know, what I call team reality and have called from the beginning. One, we need to make sure that the truth about what happened over the last couple of years comes out, starting with the lab leak, uh, you know, and the likelihood that that's the real source of this and going on to the fact that, you know, lockdowns failed completely to make any difference to the course of the epidemic and talking about vaccines, which is probably the most controversial issue, but one where I will say and, you know, have said and will continue to say that, you know, it doesn't look like vaccines did very much good at all. If you look at the overall course of the pandemic the last couple of years, it certainly doesn't look like they should have been mandated. Can, can I ask, um, Alex, what is the latest yeah. on, because the last thing that they were really holding on to was, you know, even into, let's say, January, mid-January, it was, well, if you get the shot, you're not going to die. And if you didn't get the shot, you know, COVID will kill you, was essentially the the binary they set up. Do we have a better sense of, okay, it was somewhat effective at lowering mortality, but at what level? So really good question, really complicated. Um, in the UK, and I wrote a Substack about this this week, 90 plus percent of the people who die in the United Kingdom now are fully vaccinated, meaning two shots or boosted or, you know, uh, or, or yeah, two shots are boosted. The 90% of the people who die in the United Kingdom are in those two categories, okay? And, and the United Kingdom still has a lot of COVID deaths. It's not like I'm talking about five deaths a week. There, there are a thousand people in the UK dying a week plus, and the UK is, uh, you know, it's about one fifth the size of the US. So, that, so there's a lot of death happening in a basically fully vaccinated population. Um, it, here's, here's the, the math gets really complicated because Delta is different than the wild type and Omicron is different than Delta. And there's this time element where you don't get, you know, you get benefit for maybe a couple of months after the second shot and then it goes away. Every, here's the takeaway. Everybody who said these, this, this is going to stop the pandemic, they were wrong. They said it's going to reduce your risk of infection meaningfully. They were wrong. Now they're down to it reduces your risk of death and severe disease. Maybe marginally, when you look at the whole picture, not by 90 percent, not by 80 percent, not by any amount that 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 it's going to stop a lot of people who are fully vaccinated from dying. That's the truth. And that's why this has to be a personal choice. If you're 80 years old, you're really scared of covid, you're at higher risk from covid, taking the vaccine and hoping for the best may still make sense for you. Okay, if you're 20 years old and you're at low, very low risk from COVID to begin with, and you have a risk of myocarditis, 
taking the vaccine makes no sense. It should not be mandated. College shouldn't make you do it. Your employer shouldn't make you do it. It should be your choice. Most of us aren't 20 and we're not 80. We're somewhere in the middle. It should be a personal decision for all of us. And, you know, when we talk about going forward, that's maybe the most important, uh, you know, lesson of all. We need to talk honestly about what the vaccines did and didn't do. And we need to talk honestly about what the rules should be. And the rules should be nobody who doesn't want to take this has to take it. Alex, when you look at the COVID zero attempts that were made in China, that were made in New Zealand, that were made in Australia, New Zealand and Australia have completely abandoned that (laughs) idea. Uh, And as a result, their case rates are skyrocketing. Um, Interestingly, China's still trying to do the COVID zero, and I think they just shut down Shanghai. But Hong Kong is having an outbreak that is really off the charts if you look at what is going on there. What is going to happen in your mind when you look at what's occurring in places like Hong Kong? Is COVID zero still a viable strategy, even for a place like Canada, uh, sorry, China, which is having draconian lockdowns and has been doing them for two years? Or is Omicron so incredibly, uh, so incredibly infectious that it's impossible? Yeah, great question. And, you know, I, I think yeah, China's sort of the last domino to drop. And you're absolutely right. Hong Kong, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, you know, Japan, South Korea. I mean, they weren't at COVID zero, but, you know, they had sort of very effectively had low case rates. All of Asia now, uh, aside from China, is having off the charts levels of COVID. And it's very hard to see. I mean, China is a densely populated country. Um, uh how exactly are they going to continue to have no cases? Um, and I think the answer is they're going to have cases. They may be scared because, you know, they did have these sort of draconian lockdowns and they did pursue a COVID zero policy, but they're going to have Omicron in a population that has essentially no That's exactly right. natural immunity. And it's going to be it's going to be crazy for a month or two. But but they're going to have no choice. They're going to have to do that. That's what the rest of the world's experience suggests. We're speaking to Alex Berenson. His Substack is certainly worth your subscription, friends. And Pandemia is his book. Alex, I just we just had to have have to have you tee off on this one for a second. Clay and I have been going back and forth ever since they announced it. I mean, they're, not only are they extending the mask mandate on planes, and and I just we, Clay and I were both flying last week, and a lot of people listening to this have been flying in recent days. They extend the mask mandate on planes and in airports, of course. It's actually a mask up between bites policy. And Jen Psaki tries to defend this as though, oh, but you're moving from a high transmission to a low transmission to a, through a medium transmission. I mean, do, do people come to you more and more in the in the in the recent uh, you know recent weeks and say, "Wow, you were right. The libs are insane." Like, wh- what's going on? <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it's not so much that; it's that they just want to forget the last two years, right? So, so my mother, okay, who who's fully vaccinated and boosted. And, and, you know, for two years called um, uh, Tony Fauci America's doctor, unironically. Um, she, she <laughs> hold on. Too much. Hold on. Uh, I want to hear more about this. But <laughs> what were the holidays like, given what you do and what your mom's perspective obviously was? Uh, you know, we, 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 we didn't talk that much about COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> A lot of people can respect that, by the way. But so I want to hear more about your mom and Dr. Fauci and uh, and what her perspective is but, now. But she, she literally, so so she, you know, uh, she hadn't traveled for two years. She'd been, you know, although she wasn't personally, a, you know, like I'm going to hide in my basement kind of freak like that. Um, but, you know, she, she was cautious. 
So last month, and, and, and she lives alone now, my father died, uh, as, I, as I actually mentioned in pandemia. He died sort of early in the pandemic, although not of COVID. So it's been a lonely couple of years for her. So she got on a plane and went to London for two weeks, this 77-year-old woman, and just decided, you know what, I've had it, like the restrictions are off, I'm going somewhere. And she went there, and she came back about a week ago, and, uh, and, and we were talking, and she said, oh, yeah, COVID, but, you know, everybody seems to be done with it. It was, just, it was just like, did the, did the last two years not happen for you? Do you remember? <laughs> um, you know, and I think, I think most of the country, I mean, most of the left, I would say, I, I'm guessing now, but let's say 60% of the left is like that, right? Like 100% of the right is done, and close to 100% of people in the middle are done. 60% of the left just wants to pretend it never happened, and certainly all the politicians want to pretend it never happened. But then there's this group of people, and I get emails about them. COVID just broke them, right? So I get an email from a reader the other day saying, my dad has gotten five shots. He lives in a northeastern state, and he drives to other states to get more shots, and he still won't go outside. And, you know, it sounds like a joke, but this guy's broken, right? He's never going to get better. So, so, the, so there's a group of people who personally can't leave this behind, clearly. And then there's a group of people in the public health establishment, the ones I was talking about at the beginning, who are, who are almost regretful it wasn't worse, right? They were going to use this thing to remake society and, you know, give, give us all universal basic income and nationalized health care. And they didn't get to do it because the pandemic wasn't bad enough. And they are plotting the next one. Okay, those are the people who are dangerous and those are the people we have to be careful about. But most of the and the problem from the point of view of people on, you know, my side or your side is we have to make sure the people in the middle who just want to forget about this don't forget because there there needs to be a reckoning. It needs to be a political reckoning and there needs, you know, to some extent to be a criminal reckoning, whether or not that's going to be possible. I don't know. Amen. I mean, where do you think, by the way, Fauci is? Does that, I mean, do you have like a, a tracker on him? Because he's vanished. Buck and I started making jokes about this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought at some point he would reemerge. But I mean, they really have totally like killed him in terms of being able to talk to any media. I mean, it's why so I, I, issue, I issued a silver alert for Fauci last week. Um, but, but no joke. Because he's such a megalomaniac, they haven't been able to get him off the air entirely. So he's talking to, like, I'm not joking, like, um, African-American, uh, like, podcasters who, you know, who have some audience. That's, you know, I don't know whether it's in the thousands or the tens of thousands that you've never heard of. And so, so like, because he, like, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get interviewed, like, I think his oxygen supply, dies, uh, you know, dries up and he dies. Um, so they're letting him speak, but they're letting him speak in places you've never heard of. That's what they're doing without you right now. Yep. He's hiding in the basement somewhere. Maybe we should put another request podcast. in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll come on with us now. Get him on. That's right. We'll, we'll try. Oh, I pay I pay to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Me <laughs> us too. too. Yeah. Alex Barrett said, everybody, check out Pandemia. Get a copy of Alex's book. Alex, we're going to keep on this, man, so we're going to be talking to you. Thanks for being with us. We will, we will forgive, but we will not forget. 100%. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, guys. Amen. Uh, Michael Lindell, he's got a great offer for you right now. You know that he has incredible products. He's got the uh, pillows, he's got the towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, skis of dream sheets. And right now he wants to get you hooked up with his slippers. They are made with a three-tier cushioning system, two layers of MyPillow foam and a layer of impact gel to prevent fatigue and offer all-day comfort. I'm not kidding about this. My wife wears these things everywhere, indoors, outdoors. All of her friends, she's bought some, and she said to me the other day, I wish I'd known I could have gotten these things for 50% off. It would have saved 
us some money. And now you can all get them 50% off. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Clay and Buck. You can click on the radio listener specials, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to risk, and a copy of Mike Lindell's book for free with your purchase. Use the code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Final segment of the week, but you can take us wherever you may be going. I know Spring break season is officially underway. I'm down here in Florida with my kids' spring break getting underway. And also, I know a lot of you are listening and watching to a variety of different uh, sporting events here as March Madness, although Buck has never filled out a bracket. We'll talk about that in a moment. Is officially underway uh, and will be Sunday. The bracket will actually be unveiled. I want to hit you with one detail. Uh, we talked earlier about Ron DeSantis standing up to Disney The CEO of Disney has now fired back Bob Chappick, and this is turning into a bigger battle. He has apologized to his employees for not being aggressive enough on this Florida bill, and Disney has ended all political donations to all politicians, I think, in the state of Florida. 
to which many of you would likely say, good riddance. So that story may continue to build. We'll see what happens as we head into the weekend. Uh, But one of the things we're going to start doing now on Fridays for our VIP members out there who are, uh, we appreciate, by the way, you can go sign up for the VIP at clayandbuck.com. You can get access to a lot of cool VIP-related endeavors as part of our 24-7 network, uh, including some videos of Buck and I behind the scenes doing the show. A lot of people writing in emails with questions, Buck, and many people were reacting to you saying that you couldn't drink beer because of celiac disease, and evidently there's lots of beer out there that people can consume. Lisa wrote in, remember, if you go to clayandbuck.com, become a subscriber, you can send us Mailbag Friday is now a thing. We might come up with a cooler name. I don't know. I kind of like that name. It gets right to it, you know? Mailbag Friday always delivers. Uh, So you can write into us, and and we'll read it here on air on Fridays. Lisa writes, I also have celiac. I've had it for 11 years, was a former beer lover. You should try Omission. It is real beer with the gluten removed. The owner of the company has celiac as well. And we've got a top four list. Omission beer, light, pale ale, IPA, and lager. Glutenberg is apparently a thing. Redbridge and Greens. A lot of gluten-free beers. I will tell you, I have tried gluten-free beer. Uh, Doesn't work for you? It's just not very good. And and maybe maybe I'm admitting also, I, I was never, I don't know, I was never that into beer. I, I was associated with drinking it out of a keg in a red Solo cup when I was in college. That was That was all we drank. It was very cold at Amherst. Everybody was very inebriated. That's what was going on. What we're finding out here is that things that almost everyone in the Clay and Buck audience loves and does regularly, Buck has never done. Football game, college football, huge overlap. Beer. I used anti- to I drink beer for 30 years. Anti-beer. Uh, and never filled out a bracket, which leads us to uh, this question from uh, William in Sacramento. Says, hey, Clay and Buck, next football season, or even March Madness, it would be great if you developed a team approach to football picks. Team Buck, Team Clay, where Buck could utilize the sports wisdom of listeners and even staff, uh, such as Mark. It's sad that my 16 and 11-year-old daughters would outpick Buck for any sport. So people are just throwing throwing elbows at you Hold on a second there, William from Sacramento. (laughs) My sports and international soccer club knowledge of tennis, or, or, of soccer rather, and of tennis is actually better than most teenagers, I will have you know. But for, yeah, the big American sports, I probably need a little help. Producer, I mean, I'm sure Dub is great. Producer Mark, who was uh, my EP for years, he's a sports fanatic, man. So I got, I've got a ringer in the background, Clay. You guys better watch out. I might surprise you. So the brackets will come out, Buck, on Sunday. By Monday, when we come back to join everyone at 12 Eastern, we will have a bracket in front of you, and you can begin your research head-to-head, me versus Buck. I'm a longtime college basketball fan. I've filled out brackets for 35 or 36 years in a row. Buck has never filled out an NCAA tournament bracket. We're going head-to-head. We're going to see who can win just uh, the bracket excited challenge. excited for the steaks or burgers that you'll be buying for the New York staff here. When I come out victorious with my first ever bracket. I'm just excited the fact that I could actually walk into a New York restaurant for the first time in a long time starting on Monday. They're not going to require me to show my non-existent vaccine card. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. 
Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.